Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Oh my goodness, am I excited for you to listen to today's episode. Today we're speaking with Christine Sarno. Christine's a financial mentor, negotiating strategist. She helps women achieve financial freedom and so that they can have empowered choices in life. I cannot tell you how long I've been waiting to cover this topic on the podcast, but I was waiting for someone that would really kind of come at this from an angle that I really wanted, which is specific for women and also all about our relationship with finances. Christine teaches us so much in this episode. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm sure that there's going to be points and strategies and ideas in this that will be a game changer for you. We talk a lot about financial fun, which I love because how often do you put those two words together? (laughs) So sit back, enjoy today's episode because it truly is a golden one. All right. Hi, Christine. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Rosa, so good to be here with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm I'm beyond thrilled to have you. I always say like, whenever you put things out to the universe, the universe just provides. And this is a topic that I have wanted to do on the podcast for so long, but I, I just really hadn't found anyone that kind of spoke to, spoke about this topic in the way that you do. So I'm just thrilled like this match happened. <laughs> oh, Rosa, thank you. I'm so honored to be that person for you right now. Oh. So super excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, me too. It's gonna be brilliant. So tell me, okay, so you're a financial mentor, which I just love because I don't know, we're going to talk a lot about finances and women in particular. This is for our women friends out there. And why is it like for me, I think right away when I think financial mentors, I go right to men. Well, I mean, wild. I think that's, you know, if you think about it, right, the financial services industry has been predominantly, you know, founded on a male construct, Um, less than 15%, roughly, I think around 15% here in the US of wealth advisors are women still today. Wow. So if you think about people in the financial services world, whether they're um, stockbrokers, CPAs, you know, yes, attorneys, you know, tax attorneys, that's generally when someone has a referral, um, you know, oftentimes I think, you know, think about it, right? So yeah. 15%. So that means, you know, roughly, you right. Yeah. Eight out of 10 people out there are going to be men. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Cause I, I find when it comes to finances and women, there's just such a different energy around it. And I, I got into a lot of trouble around taxes, not from lack of paying, just from, from being with people that were 
um, and they were just untrustworthy and things just didn't go well, like legitimate accountants, but just there were mistakes made. And, and then I found a female accountant who's my accountant now. And she was like, I call her like the tax angel. Like it was just like <laughs> such a different energy in the way she taught me. And it was just such a blessing before we go down to the, this road. Let, can we just talk a little bit about your story? Like why have how long have you been a financial mentor? Why did you start down this path? How, how all of that? Sure. No, and thank you for allowing me to share a little bit of my kind of my backstory. So I've been a financial mentor now for a couple of years. Um, prior to that, I was in the promotional services space, um, in marketing sales, business development, okay. and even most recently with tech companies in the startup space. Um, more focused on a how to drive more of a, of a kind of a like a I guess the best way to put it strategic income generating opportunities. Okay. And what I had found in in kind of in my past corporate life, um, especially working with women, how frustrating it was that we were dealing with such a significant wage gap. Mm. Uh, you know, men versus women, I mean, basically making 80 cents, right, to the comparative dollar wow. that guys were making in the same positions, how much harder it was to ask for raises, for promotions, like I found this going on, not only in my own experience, but with colleagues, with clients, and it was just kind of this, kind of this non-deserving or undeserving mentality, you know, <laughs> mindset that I think women had. And, you know, they just didn't feel like they were strong enough or experienced enough, all those things to be able to sit down and say, listen, I need to negotiate hard, right? For mm -hmm. myself, what's important for me, because right, right. my time is valuable. My experience is valuable. And that was really kind of what kickstarted this whole kind of segue into the financial services space because I realized that, you know, women need, um, they need to have access to financial education. They need to have a wing woman to help yes. them feel good about what they're asking for, you know, and help them understand how to do it. And what was really super important to me was helping women understand, here's one side of the equation, right? Making the, the compensation that's commensurate with your skills, your expertise, right? Because on the other side of the equation, what you then can do with it translates into wealth generating opportunities, financial independence, which then basically translates into more choices in life, choices over what you wanna do with your work, choices in terms of how you wanna spend your money as it relates to things that you're passionate about, choices of partners. There's too many women that I've met that have stayed in toxic relationships because, right? Absolutely. And so, and that hits home for me because of my own upbringing. My mom is an immigrant from another country, born and raised in Taiwan, you know, basically grew up in pretty extreme poverty. Mm. She met my dad, who is American in her early 20s, and, you know, fell in love and kind of had this idea that, you know, this was kind of the, the, the life she was going to have an easier life. You know, there was this American businessman who loved her. Um, but unfortunately, she found herself with two small children, two small daughters in a very volatile marriage. My dad had his own demons. He was an alcoholic, um, abusive. And so my mom stuck it out, right, for almost 15 years in right. marriage. 
because she English was a second language for her. She didn't have money or resources of her own, right? And watching that growing up kind of molded and shaped my perspective on what it means to be financially free and to have financial independence. So, you know, and that's what's really inspired me and why I enjoy working with women so much because I want to help women not find themselves in that situation or prevent themselves from ending up in a situation like that, you know, and it doesn't have to be at that extreme level, but it's more about empowering women so that you have those choices. You don't have to feel stuck. Yeah, that's an incredible story and not too different from my own where my mom too was left with two young children, a, a abusive situation, but she left and worked so hard and kind of broke that cycle. Um, which is, yeah. And we'll get into relationships later. Like that very topic. I always say, I ask selfish questions on these interviews for myself because I went actually down the road opposite to her where I actually financially, um, took care of someone for a long time, kind of unnecessarily. But I just want to um, touch on that first, what your story and talking about working, what you noticed with women and the difference between men and women and how women weren't really going after their full worth and not negotiating what for what was theirs. And I'll never forget being in Vancouver at one of the biggest kind of um, entrepreneurial um, events that they have kind of on the West Coast. And I was sitting at a table with all women and the conversation quickly turned to the part of their business that they struggled with the most was the financial literacy. They had started businesses that they loved, sharing the gifts that they have to put out in the world. And yet the back end of it, the money making side of it or the accounting side of it or whatever it is finances take on a whole different you know there's different levels to it in the business and that was the part that every woman every woman at that table said one I feel lost in this area and two I don't know where to go to learn and there's kind of a lot of distrust in that area as well and I found that one empowering because I it wasn't an area that I felt strong in but interesting. Like I just thought, wow, I'm not alone in this area either. And and since then I've gone on and found beautiful people that have helped me in that area. And I've learned and grown a lot, but it was, I, it just blew me away that all of the women at that table, regardless of if, whether they were starting it or I'd been in business for a while, were all struggling with that same thing. This is Rosa. Thank you for sharing, because this is something that I, I, I'm seeing firsthand, have seen firsthand, and I think, you know, it's a, it's honestly, I think part of it too is a function. It's not as women, it's not our fault. We have been mm-hmm. kind of molded and shaped by societal and cultural norms, yes. right? Where there's kind of been this perspective of a woman's role in the household, you know, and whether we, we've come up, you know, through, we've grown up with wealth in the household or we didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, financial education, if it's not passed down in our childhood, right? For the most part, we don't learn about financial literacy and financial fundamentals. So So they don't teach it in school, right? And, And I hate to say this, but you know, even now the conversations are starting to change. They absolutely are. So kudos to you and these other ladies for being vulnerable with each other, right? Open and honest and saying, 
let's talk about this. Yes, like, absolutely. How can we support each other? But if you think about it, like a lot of women that I know, even women that are successful in business, when they get together with the ladies, you know, and they have a glass of wine, you know, they're going to talk about their families, their kids, self-care, a lot of self-care, right? I know that's important. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, they'll talk about their businesses, but nobody, you know, nobody will like, nobody's clinking glasses and going, how the S&P 500 treat you this week. Yeah. We don't talk about money that way. No, we don't. Whereas guys, right? Guys, like when, when they're together, men, when they're together, it's literally like flexing a muscle. Yeah, absolutely. How's your investment portfolio doing? How's that real estate deal? Yes. You know, what's going on with that dude? Tell me more about that. So I'm, what I'm, my hope is, is that we're going to start to really kind of shift and change the conversation and make that, that kind of a normal part of what we talk about with other women. Ask questions, see what we can do to be helpful. Hey, by the way, you know, I took a course in, you know, basically, you know, how to leverage certain tax rules, right? I own my own business. You know, if you haven't heard about this, let me tell you about it, right? Or, you know, this is an investment that somebody had shared with me, you know, something about, you know, how to prepare for retirement in a strategic way. Let's talk about this. I want to share this with you. Yes. How empowering would those be? Absolutely. You have an amazing quote on Instagram. I love your Instagram. Can you just remind me of the handle just so we can share it? And I'll put it in the show notes too. Oh, I appreciate that. It's a Christine Joy Luxarno. Joy like Christine Joy Luxarno. Love that. Okay. So I'll put it in the show notes, but you have this quote that really spoke to me and it said, it's okay. If you don't know what you don't know about money. Hmm. I love that quote. And that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It resonates, right? It really yeah, it just gives you permission. You know, I, I believe once you read a quote like that and you go, oh yeah, it's okay to not know what I don't know. But now you know that you don't know. So now it's time to find the answer. Yes. And, and this really speaks to a lot of the embarrassment, mm. shame, overwhelm, intimidation that women feel when it comes to money. I, I've, I've worked with women that have had experiences with financial advisors um, where there was a lot of talking down to that was happening, right? Like you're paying me to manage your money. I know what I'm doing. And so there's no space now to say, I don't understand what the strategy is. You know, can you explain this to me again? I don't get it. Right. You know, so, so, so there's a lot of reticence about, about asking for help, asking for more information. So, and I think there's, you know, some, getting into debt, dealing with debt, um, being in relationships where, you know, the money exchange was not equitable, you know, and how that made a woman feel, you know, that she was, you know, so I think a lot of it is, 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 is kind of just saying, give yourself permission, give yourself some grace. We, we don't, until we can start to access information and start to implement steps to become financially stronger, as I mean, as I'm sure you can attest, right? The first time a person ever steps into a gym, they don't know. That's right. right. They don't know how to, to necessarily use the weights and the workout machines. No. And you can guide them and teach them. That's so, you know, right, you can't enter into this space and feel like you have to be an expert. And I think a lot of what we put, as women, we put pressure on ourselves because we might be knocking it out of the park at, at work, at our jobs, making a great salary, but we're still dealing with a couple hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. And we don't want to talk about that. 
That's right. Okay, okay. Let's, yeah. Let's demystify this. Let's take the shame and overwhelm out of it. I agree. So when you do that, then you're in a position to ask better questions. Like when you speak about the gym and not knowing what to do, um, I just recently joined a new gym and I always just, I'm a bit of a people watcher. So I observe and I saw a girl doing these exercises that I thought, those are actually probably going to hurt you down the long road. And then I was like, but wow, I'm like, how wonderful that you have made that step to walk into this gym and to start somewhere. But I think, you know, just going somewhere, like you said, just going to a financial advisor, that's your first step. That's not enough. You need to be in a place where you can ask better questions. Like I know when I finally thought I'm going to find an accountant that I can ask questions and I'm not going to be embarrassed by it. And I want to find an accountant that's going to teach me, heck, I'm never going to want to do the accounting. (laughs) Like I have zero desire. Numbers are not my first love, but that's not an excuse to not understand what's going on. A hundred percent. Rosa. We, we're paying money for services, mm-hmm. right? You're paying money for a service. How can, you gotta have the ability to be able to question somebody in terms of what they're doing with your money. It would be like going into a yes. salon and literally saying, I'm gonna pay you to cut my hair. You can do whatever you want. I'm not gonna, That's right. I'm not gonna tell you what I need, you know? Yeah. Uh, you just go out and then you come out with a buzz cut and that wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> That's, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. So, yeah. So. Yeah. We have to give ourselves permission to be able to ask questions and look, That's you know, right. finding experts in your life. It's, it's not, in my opinion, it's not a one-shot deal just because someone gave you a great referral to a CPA or great referral to a financial advisor or a financial mentor or a coach or whoever it may be. It's like dating. That's right? Right. And if you don't feel the energy connection there, if you don't feel the alignment, if that, if that person is not taking the time to help you understand how they can be helpful and beneficial to you, I mean. And that's what I love about what you do, because you do talk a lot about like the emotional connection to it, the energy and exactly like if, how often as women, we're in one of those situations, it doesn't feel good, but we actually trust what someone else told us instead we go okay well they told us this person's the best so they must be the best they might not be the best for you and you need we need to listen to that gut feeling into those little those little I don't know I guess you would say those little energy feelings that you get yeah whether it's something they said or whether it's just something just doesn't feel right and you know it I agree I mean because remember it's a partnership you're bringing someone into your life right that's it's 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 a it's a, it's a relationship where there should be a really positive value exchange. You're paying someone, right, for their time, for their services. And in response, you want to know that you're taken care of fully as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to go back just a tiny bit because I, I don't want to leave this out, but can you, I was reading your, your website and blog and I saw about Tiger Daughter. Uh, <laughs> can you tell, tell us about tiger daughter because i just thought i just really resonated with that oh thank you for asking about that so you know my mom is chinese and you know you know obviously this is a different generation uh you know and kind of in terms of how they raise their kids but my sister and i we had this upbringing about you know getting the best grades you know being the best um uh expecting a lot out of ourselves right in my mom and my mom's mind she wanted her daughters to be successful in life 
Um, but what I find that's really interesting is that as kind of as a tiger, so I call myself a tiger daughter, having a Chinese tiger mom. But you know, I think that the where the difference is, it was my mom's definition of success wasn't so much about how other people would see me. You know, there's kind of this Chinese okay. expression, right? You know, you want people to, you don't want to lose face. You want people to look at you and look up to you and respect and all that kind of stuff, right? But in my mom's, her definition of this was going through what she went through, growing up poor. My mom just wanted my sister and I, right, to have choices. To yeah. Be independent, to be able to be the creators of the lives that we wanted. Mm. And so this tiger mom, right, influence was more about creating a platform for her daughters to, to be able to, to live life fully on their own terms because she didn't get to have that. So that's like the tiger daughter influence. Like I got this tough Chinese tough love from my mom, but it was because she wanted to see me have a life that I wanted, you know, and not, and living a life by design and not by default. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so that is, that was super important. So that's kind of the, the whole tiger daughter influence that yeah. she's had me. Yeah. What an amazing um, lesson she taught. And, and you're right about the choices. We all know situations where just like your mom, that's so unfortunately, it's not uncommon where women stay somewhere even though it's not making them happy, even though maybe it's not the best decision for them, but financially there's no, or at least you feel like there's no options. Right. Right. Um, let's get into like the relationship part because so like I spoke, my mom broke that pattern for me in the sense that uh, she worked incredibly hard, uh, invested in real estate on her own with two kids. Like I remember, and this is a happy memory, not a sad one, but I remember after schools, um, going with her to collect pop bottles to, to make extra money on the side. My brother and I loved it. It was like a treasure hunt. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was wonderful. And people think, oh, it wasn't because we were poor. It was because she was putting, she was building, like she had this vision and, and she always said, if you have, you know, a dollar five and you're short five, if you have 95 cents, you five, five, now you've got your dollar. Like, you know, so I really learned how to save. I learned how to invest in real estate that's kind of where it was limited, but I ended up in a relationship. And since then I have met women that are so successful that have done the same thing. And, and I, I think because I share my story <laughs> that th it gives them permission to share because it's actually, you do feel a lot of embarrassment around it. And my ex-partner and I are on good terms. So I share this, not um, there's, you don't know his side of it. So I don't, I want to be respectful of his side. Um, this isn't meant to be disrespectful in any way. It's just intended to share what happens to many women. And if we don't start these conversations, it will keep happening. And I wish that someone had spoken to me, but what happened for me was that I ended up for whatever reasons, uh, really paying for the majority of things in that relationship from the beginning. And I stayed in it for a long time and my mom was always like, how did you do it so long? Cause she, you know, she had broken that pattern. And then I, well, she never, my, it was different with my father. It wasn't, it wasn't about money, but I think, how did I, I always think I'm so intelligent around money. I'm the one that would teach my friends how to save and encourage them to buy. And when I lived in London, England, I bought a place as soon as I could. And, but yet I went down this path 
And it took everything I had. I went from having a lot to really struggling. Like I sold my flat in this relationship, like my apartment in this relationship and ended up with nothing by the time I came out of it. And since then we were talking, I within 10 months I've built up and have purchased a home. And so I know, I knew I had it within me, but why is it, why is this story not actually uncommon? Like how, why do you feel smart women? <laughs> I'd like to think I'm smart. <laughs> go down this path. Well, let me take a step. Thank you for sharing, you know, and you're yeah. right that that story is not uncommon, but I, I need to take a step back and say, kudos to you for coming to a place in your life where you are, you, you're acknowledging that this is not for me. This is not fulfilling for me and it's time to make a change. And so quickly rebuilding, like kudos to you, kudos to your mom about providing you with kind of financial education, investing skills for you to say, okay, if I'm going to start to make some changes, right, I'm going to make them now. You pick that time in your life and now it's like you're on a positive trajectory. That's you know? right. So, so that is wonderful. So I want to give you credit for that, right? <laughs> Instead of deciding to stay in, in a relationship that wasn't fulfilling you in this manner. Well, I have to say, I, I just wanted, this is an interesting thing. And I want to say, I did not, it was not my decision to leave the relationship. Mm. However, what was interesting about that was that I was asking the universe for a good few years. How can, how can we keep going this way? what needs to change for this situation to change? Cause I had never been in a position where I didn't have money mm-hmm. and it was difficult because it took choices away. I didn't go back to my native country. Well, I don't, I shouldn't say native country. I wasn't born in Portugal, but both my parents are Portuguese and, I, and my father lives there. And I haven't been able to go back because of finances within that relationship. Um, so I didn't ask for the, for the divorce or the separation, but I really feel like the universe provided because I had been asking if that makes sense. And I think sometimes when we don't know how to change something and we don't have the strength or we don't feel we do just to keep asking. Right. And it's almost as if there's no choice, but this outcome. Yeah. The answer didn't come in the way I wanted, but it it came. And, And looking back now, I am beyond grateful, beyond grateful. Yeah. And I would make the assumption too that your time together, there was so much learning that happened, right? Absolutely. And on so many different levels. Yeah. But kind of going back to your original question, I, I, you know, one of the things that I really hold as as as, as just as, as a firm tenant in terms of how I coach women is that money is a form of energy currency, mm. and it's one of the ways that we can show our love for somebody else. It's a conduit to showing love, right? Yes. Yes. And so I think as women, we are just, we're programmed to be nurturers, right? We, mm-hmm. we care, we're, we're empathetic. And I think that in and of itself kind of starts to play into, you know, what are, what are some of the ways that we can be supportive of the people that we love the most, right? right. It can start to become dangerous because Oftentimes, women, we like to fill everybody else's cup first (laughs) before we fill our own. And almost to the point where there's nothing left to give. Right. Right. And then that's when we all, we we kind of get to that tipping point where where we look around, we go, whoa, Nellie, this is not working anymore. Yeah. You know, Um, 
from a relationship standpoint, I think this is, this is really challenging. I think as women, we need to have clarity when we're in a relationship, when we're starting a relationship and when we're in the relationship about what we want. What's, what is it that we want? We choose, right. not what we need, what we want or we choose in that relationship that's going to be fulfilling, that's going to be complementary mm -hmm. right, to the life that we want to live. Because I think that's when we can start to understand, hey, you know, the financial situation, if it's, I, I love this person, this person brings me value in, in this way, and I'm okay with being kind of the primary breadwinner, you know, here and, and really kind of the financial lead in this relationship, fabulous. But if, if, a, if you're, if you've got a different mindset about a relationship, you're like, I'd like someone to be able to contribute at this level. I would love my to goodness. Do I have a special interview for you today? Today is all to about travel, value, value, value. And the topic is one that I have to wanted to do for um, so long on this podcast, but I was waiting maybe, for the know, perfect fit. The today we are speaking to, with to Christine Sarno. Christine is a financial mentor, a negotiating strategist, and she helps women achieve financial freedom and empowered choices in life. And that in itself speaks to exactly it why up, it took me some you know, time. For me, and I'll speak to me. I like to be in a relationship that's that's more of a partnership. There's going to be an ebb and a flow, but you know, as I continue to grow in my life, and, and especially financially, spiritually, all these other things, I don't want, for me personally, I don't want to be in a position to have to take care of somebody else. Right. Of growing in that way. I want to see somebody investing in their own growth in that way. And that could be in their own financial success. That could be in their own, you know, whether it's, you know, continuing the, the, the um, academics, whatever it is, you know, health, right. all that stuff. They want to continue to grow and improve. And I just want to have, I personally want to have that dynamic because that to me is the type of partnership I want to be in. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself in something called a situationship. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? Yes. And a situationship just, it's like, it's so nebulous. And, it's, right. and it just doesn't feel fulfilling and rewarding, right? And I just, so, so that's, that's my, my personal opinion on that. There's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong. But there are things that at this stage of my life that I would love to do, you know? Right. And, um, and I would love to do with a partner you know, and how we can grow together. So, so I, I don't know if that's kind of helps to answer no, that question. Yeah, I think that's great. wonderful. And, you know, I, I like how you said it ebbs and flows. Like I do believe there are times in, in a partnership where one will need to contribute more than the other to support common goals or a bettering of your future together. I think the biggest thing, the biggest lesson I've taken out of it is to go into a relationship, future relationships, where there's a willingness to have conversation around finances, because it's a conversation that when we're in love and infatuated and so everything's wonderful, we don't feel we have the right to ask those personal questions or to have conversation around it, where it, we really need to have those pretty early on, I would say, at least what vision is for the future. Had I had those tough conversations, possibly the relationship wouldn't have gone forward because we would have realized we were just two very, very different people in terms of what we valued and what we wanted for a, a future that would bring us both fulfillment. 100% and communication is key 
in the beginning of the relationship, throughout the relationship, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's money conversations are very challenging for couples. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the top reasons why couples get divorced, yeah. right? As we know. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a nuance to it. And, it, and it, yes. you know, by the time people are having conversations like that, when there are a couple, oftentimes it, they're, they're highly emotionally charged. There's already a lot of anger and resentment that's already built mm-hmm. up, you know, so it comes from, from coming from a place of love and being proactive about it and literally sitting down with your partner saying, you know, these are some of the things that are important to me, you know, how do we split the finances for this home that yeah. we share together, right? Let's, let's, let's work this stuff out and let's, you know, let's have a logical collaborative conversation about it as opposed to you know I'm paying all the bills because generally sometimes with women it gets to that point I'm paying all the bills you're not taking out the trash I you know <laughs> right I'm driving the kids to school you know you're you're still watch playing video games you know like and that is that's and that generally at that point you know it's very difficult that's right to have, to have you know a productive conversation so yeah I agree with that I think if that's the one thing that that women take from this is like, be brave to have those conversations and that things can, you can change, like you can change your plan that you started off with, with your partner, as long as you're having those conversations along the way, if you, if right now it's okay for you to pay the bills, it might change later, but you need to be able to be, you need to be able to communicate that and not do it kind of on the fly. I felt like I was always on the fly with everything. Yeah. I mean, this is what I recommend, you know, and, 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 on the fly is tough. Generally, by the time we have them, as I shared before, they're emotionally charged, but kind of like scheduling like date nights yes. you know, with your partner, have a once a month meeting. And it doesn't have to be so formal, like have a glass of wine with your partner, you know, find a place that's comfortable, preferably, you know, maybe for some people it might be on a Sunday night before they start the month, yeah. right? And they can talk about their financial goals and Beautiful. some of the things that they want to accomplish as, as a couple you know, and things that they might want to plan together, you know, maybe it's a fun experience or a trip or, but make it, make, make it positive. Like a relationship is like running a business too, you yeah. know? So, right. So you, you've got it, you schedule it, right. Organize yeah. it. And I think that that kind of helps to take a lot of the overwhelm and each person knows it's coming up. So they can kind of, you can start to think about in your mind, what's important to you? What are the priorities? You know, what are we going to, are we going to buy that new TV this month? You know, let's talk about what that means to our budget. I love that. And that way you're not making those little snide comments throughout the week because you know, the conversation's coming. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. And you can kind of, you can, right. You can kind of just start to kind of break it down, write your notes, you know, come into it with your agenda and it's, you know, and, 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 it, and it can be a lot more positive and productive. And I would also recommend kicking off a conversation like that with talking about the previous month, highlighting, right. highlighting two or three things that you were really appreciative that you guys accomplished oh as a couple together, yes. right? And then how can we move forward into this next month to continue on that trajectory? Oh, you're such a beautiful coach. That's, that's amazing. That's so much value. I mean, for myself and for, for everyone listening, um, let's talk about, cause you touched a little bit on this self-care we as women are so self-care has been like ingrained into us. And I think self-care can be many different things. It's not just bubble baths and candles, but like imagine changing this conversation, which I believe is what you're doing 
that part of self-care is financial care. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and look, I I I loves me a massage. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I loves me a bubble bath. But I and so I'm not saying let's let's move away from that conversation. Yes. But I'm just saying to your point, you know, talking about kind of your financial well-being, right, is just like your mental well-being, right, emotional well-being, your your physical well-being. And so, so yes, I, 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 and talking about finances can be fun. That's the thing. Oh, you know? yeah. Talking about fun, it should be fun. You know, we can make this. I mean, there's no reason why we can't call our girls together to have dinner over at our home one night or at a restaurant and say, hey, the topic tonight, and let's break it up. All right. Maybe like five of your five, five girlfriends, right? One of them has to come and, you know, maybe do a little bit of research on a great, maybe it's a great app or something that helps you get your budgeting organized. You know, what, what's a, you know, someone, someone has to do a little bit of research about what's, you know, what are some of the top retirement strategies that the ladies are thinking okay. about, these days, right? You know, you might be able to come to the table and talk a little bit more about real estate investing because it sounds like that's an area, but and let's just share some ideas. Oh my God. Organize, you know, again, that doesn't mean we can't talk about anything else, but just kind of come and, yeah. and, and share with your, share with your girls. This is how we can elevate the situation. Oh and, my God. Know. This is a total paradigm shift. Financial fun. Financial fun. I, it should be fun. Oh my goodness. I, well, I've never thought of that or been even, I never even thought of that as an idea. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it should be fun. Forget just the normal book clubs. Like it's time to, like, yes, I love that concept. So it's, and it's a way to, again, kind of demystify it, take the overwhelm out of it. You know, yes. it's, so I, 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 that's, that's, and from my standpoint too, it's, it's, it's another excuse to get together with your girls. Absolutely. Right? Which is so important. Community. Yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I love that. And, you know, sometimes like, I know I share a lot about about my life and people are always like oh how can you share so much and I'm like because none of us are so special that we were experiencing some something that other people haven't and we don't have to share like every nitty-gritty detail but I really think it's so powerful when women like for a woman to say you know what I'm in debt and this feels awful I mean that's the starting point now you're not going to blab that to the world I mean I'm someone who can do that but you're going to maybe tell one person that you really trust. And that gives you already, it just takes the burden off your shoulders. All of a sudden it's come from inside your body to outside, which I think is so powerful. hundred percent. It is a step towards making change. Yeah. Right. It's basically allowing yourself to acknowledge that this is something that, you know, brings you fear. Yeah. Right. Makes what you feel bad. What do you suggest like for a woman who, you know, it could be different things. Like she could be in debt and really nervous about being in debt, or maybe she's done well and she's good, but doesn't have enough for retirement. So she worries about the future could be all sorts of different situations, but they just don't feel great about where they're at. Where, like, how do they even get started? Like, what are the first you know, two or three steps that they could take that are going to be empowering? I mean, this is a great question. And, you know, this is, this is when I would say it's, it's super helpful 
to kind of start. So this is my recommendation, right? I yeah. would say, I think the first place to start just in general for women, you know, is to have a really clear understanding of what cash flow in, mm. cash flow out on a monthly basis looks like. Yeah. You know, and some people like to use a budget and that sort of thing, but it's, it really kind of helps you to understand for starters, right? Yes. Which is probably what most people in debt avoid. They're like, I just don't want to know. <laughs> like, and I get it. I, I get it. But they're right. But if, if, if this is, this is basically a crucial step towards implementing absolutely some change, because yeah. what it does is it gives you clarity. That's on, right. Okay. These are my fixed expenses, my mortgage or my rent, my, you know, gas for my car, you know, mm-hmm. insurance for my home, groceries. These are things that I have to spend every month. Okay. So I need to, and then it gives them a sense of what they're spending on the discretionary side, you know? Yes. And it could, and discretionary things like hobbies, travel, clothes shopping, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you, and you, you know, you need to kind of have a clear picture of what, what your spending style is. Right. And, and, and then what's required of you to basically run your life. That's right. And then understanding on an average basis, monthly basis, how much is coming in from your business or the income that you're making to really get a sense of, hey, am I living beyond my means right now? Or do I have some surplus? And how much surplus do I have on a monthly basis? Mm. Or are some of these discretionary expenses really that necessary? Mm. Right? Do I need to you know, do I need to do takeout five times a week? Right. You know, maybe, maybe not, you know, but everyone has a different lifestyle, but you know, right. you can, to, and at the end of the month, right. You can say, Hey, this is what I have left over. Where can I potentially be deploying this? Right. Can I use this mm-hmm. to pay down more debt? Right. Can yeah. I use this to start investing towards other goals? Like I want to buy a home or I want to fund my children's college education, or I want to make sure money is invested for retirement. Right. Right. I think that's the first and most important step, you know, before, I mean, and, and I would say there's tons of resources online. There's different books you can buy, but sometimes that can get very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think the first step is to just have some clarity around your financial situation. If you're carrying, the one thing I will say too, there's different kinds of debt. Credit card debt is the toughest. Right. It is. That's, in my opinion, at the top of the list to pay down. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, because unfortunately, you know, with credit cards, we know that interest rates can go up on those cards and those payments can balloon, right? The outstanding balances can balloon and that can be very difficult. So, so that's generally at the top of my list in terms of if we're going to start to eliminate debt, yeah, that's the first place to go. So, and generally I focus on that before I even talk about investing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so that's, but, but long answer to the question, but I would say, you know, get a sense of what your financial picture looks like today. And that will help you understand kind of where you need to place your focus. Right. So if you have, if, if, if you see that, you know, you're kind of spending beyond your means, maybe there's some, some things that you might want to look at. Maybe you want to cut back on maybe some expenses, right? Or figure out more income generating opportunities, right? Um, if there is some surplus, okay, let's take a look at what the balance sheet of your life looks like right now. Right. What are some of the things that we might need to address? Credit card debt, student loan debt, okay? Um, are there any gaps? So, and that in and of itself will help 
to start to give you an idea of maybe where some of the where are some good starting points to yeah. right? And that also has a lot to do with where you are in your life, what your goals are, yeah. right? What your time horizon is for those goals. So everybody's kind of strategy for their own life is very unique and customized to what's important to them and what they're planning for. Yeah, and I, I love say, that. Yeah, and, and I would say it does not hurt to speak to a financial advisor or financial advisors, um, yeah. you know, to kind of get some clarity. And a financial advisor that's worth their weight will have kind of a discovery conversation with you, which they really shouldn't be charging you for. That's what I recommend. I speak to fiduciary and, and to see where they might be helpful. Yeah. So. I love that. And, and that's a step, like you said, like you don't need help with that first step. You can, I mean, I, um, when I started off again, I just went, created an Excel sheet and did exactly what you said, wrote down my monthly expenses, wrote down where, um, just everything that I spent, looked at it at the end of the month, adjusted a few things, and then just started like mm-hmm. tackling the debt and, and putting money aside. And I didn't need help for that, but it was scary at first. Didn't you don't want to look at those numbers, but it's just like, I always say, it's just like, um, my clients that I work with that want to lose weight. Well, so many of them, when you get them to, I get them to track their food. Now I don't love tracking for weight loss, but you need to know where you're at. So many women go, Oh my gosh, I never realized, you know, that's how much of this I was having or how little movement I actually had in my day. Cause the brain is so good at like trick, at tricking us. It's like at the beginning of the month when you have so much money, cause you get paid. And then, you know, there's that saying there's more months than money. <laughs> like you get towards right. the end, you're like, Oh, my back here. Like, you're like, I don't know where it all goes. If yeah. somebody's saying, I don't know where it all goes. Like, you know what that means? We need to figure out where it's going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The same thing, like working out. And, and I think for finances, it's like, it's like a muscle as well. You get better at it and you feel more comfortable with it and it starts to become the norm to to know exactly where you're at agreed and you know what's so beautiful about having a starting point when and and you're tracking from that starting point is that you get to look at your progress yes and you get to feel good right as right right? as you start to get stronger as you're building more muscle mass right as you know as the pounds are coming off and you're feeling stronger and it really incentivizes you and motivates you to continue on yes and that there's no shame in it like i always say you need to start from a place of love for it to become like you don't need to hate where you're at give yourself like gratitude for being a survivor for being here for for all that you have and you can want to improve from a place of love you don't have to think oh I hate exactly where I'm at and uh, it's just such a different energy around that agreed agreed remember I keep going back to this money is energy currency so if we attach a lot of negative emotions to it right the process is not going to feel good yeah absolutely oh my goodness oh I could talk to you all day about this okay let's um me too (laughs) I have a couple questions that I ask everyone that I'm going to ask you but before I get into those just I just want to if you can share with us like what does coaching with you look like Thank you for, for allowing me to, to kind of share that with your listeners. So we have the opportunity, right, to do one-on-one mentoring. I realize that money is a very personal thing. And as I shared before, you know, someone's financial journey is 
so unique to who they are, what's important to them and what their quote unquote balance sheet of life looks like at this current time and where they'd like it to be. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to do that. I'm actually going to be launching a course uh, later on this year uh, <laughs> online. And so if your listeners want to get in touch with me, I think the easiest way for us to connect is they can either DM me directly on Instagram. Okay. Get okay. on my mailing list, right? So they can just DM me, say they're interested in, you know, in learning more and then give, you know, they can send me their email address. Perfect. Right. Or they can do so on my website, which is christinejoyluxarno.com. But Instagram website is easiest. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and that will have the show notes. Yeah, yeah. And then that'll give them the opportunity um, to get into my closed Facebook group where I'll be posting more learnings, information, and creating a community there where we can actually have, you know, it's creating an opportunity for women to speak about this. So it's another platform, you know, non-judgmental. We're here to help each other. I love that you're putting a course out there. My goodness, like there, I don't know of me personally of any financial courses for, is it specific for women or is it for everyone? It's specifically for women because I, I have a philosophy in terms of just strategic planning and what that should look like. And to be completely honest, the way women should plan, yeah, especially when, when we're thinking about retirement, is, is very different than the way our male counterparts right. should right. plan. And I'll, and I'll share with your listeners why. I mean, yeah. for starters, we're going to outlive the guys. Yeah. All right. Actuarial <laughs> tables say we're going to be living well into our 90s. For most of us who would like to take our foot off the pedal at 65, that's like the average retirement age. What does yeah. that mean? Now we're, we're living, we want to live our best lives for another 30 plus years. So do we have enough to do that? Yeah. And do we have enough when healthcare costs go up? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Or, you know, because we're more prone to health issues, right? Do we have the right things in place to help fund you know, potential long-term care expenses and that sort of stuff, you know, especially if we want to leave a legacy to our loved ones, everything that we've saved and built, we don't want to see that necessarily be completely decimated costs that we didn't anticipate. So these are things that a lot of us as women, we don't think about, especially in the long-term and super important uh, for for me to share with other women. This is what I call the what ifs of your financial plan and how to mitigate the things that we don't necessarily have control over, but can completely derail our financial plans. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I I just, I'm so excited for this course. That's incredible. (laughs) Okay. So everyone needs to get onto your mailing list or DM you on Instagram so that they can know when that course is ready because courses make it accessible. Like it's accessible to everyone. One-to-one is, I'm sure, is more of a financial commitment. And so maybe not everyone is able to access one-to-one if you can. I mean, that's incredible. And I think one-to-one is always amazing. But it's in, but to put a course out there, this is such a beautiful gift that you're putting out there to women. I think it's incredible. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Rosa. I appreciate that. Okay. So the two questions I ask everyone, the first one is, because um, I'm really about moments and things that we hear that change the course of our life. So what is something that you've heard or read that changed everything for you? I love this question. <laughs> I love this question. You know, I was 21 years old, in my first corporate job right out of undergrad. And I remember I was putting in super late hours. Um, 
walking around the, 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 this, the company was a media company based in New York. And so I was walking around the office. This was like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And this is, you know, back when, you know, we were kind of junior account execs and just trying to pay our dues. And, um, and one of the senior managers who ran the uh, print production department, just super great guy, Ralph Massiello, Italian guy, you know, East Coast through and through. And I remember I just walking by his office because I was going to make some photocopies and he called me in and he said, hey, Christine, sit down for a minute. And he said, I see you're working really hard here. You know, I, you're going to definitely be a success and make a name for yourself at this company. He's like, but you're working crazy hours. I said, I know, but this is kind of what's expected of us. He's like, look, I wish somebody had said this to me when I was your age. He's like, there's nothing wrong with working hard and wanting to drive financial success. He's like, Christine, but when you get to my age, I don't want you to look back and think that that's all you did. Yeah. He's like, being, yeah, being financially successful is a means to the end. He's like, I want to know, Christine, that you are falling in love, mm. that you're jumping out of airplanes, that you're taking risks in life, that you're doing the things that make your heart pump blood and soar. Wow. Remember that working hard like this, right, to achieve financial success, he said, should be a means to an end. And this is about you living the life you want to live, but you have to experience life. Oh. I love that. I mean, to this day, yeah. like I think about that all the time, about taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone, you know, smelling those flowers, yeah. you know, jumping on that plane and taking that crazy trip that, you know, you don't have time for, or maybe that you don't have enough money for at the moment, but you know, you know, it's the right time to do it. I'm just saying you got to, you got to live life. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's actually very similar to what I tell my clients, whatever you're doing in the gym, it's not for you to be in the gym for hours. It's not, it's so that you have, you are able to say yes to adventures because your body can do it. Like I went water skiing the other day <laughs> in my mid forties. And you know, it's the last time I'd done it had been 10 years before. And I remember getting up on the water skis and saying, thank you to my body for being so strong to say yes to this super fun opportunity. I love that. Awesome. Absolutely. And I, and giving you a virtual high five oh, yes. <laughs> on those water skis. <laughs> the money, right? The money is so that you can say yes and feel so good about it. 100%. Okay. Last question. What does living life by design mean to you? Ah, oh, I touched on this a little bit earlier, right? I don't want life to just happen to me. I don't want to respond to life, you know, and wait for things to, to kind of come into my path, my world to define the life I want to live. Like I want to choose, yeah. you know? So a life by design is really being kind of intentional about what I envision for my future, how I'd like to live. And, 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 you know, it's not always easy, you know, strong women, we actually experience the greatest amounts of fear because we push ourselves, right? You know, yeah, so, so it's about that living a life, you know, as I shared earlier by design and not by default, right? It's like, it's, it's creating, it's the creating the life that you want to live because at the end of the day, that's what we were all put here to do. So. I love Oh, Christine, thank you so much for your time, for your value, for the love that you're putting out there. And I'm so excited for anyone listening that ends up doing your course, like what a gift 
that they're going to receive. And if you are listening and you're thinking, oh, this is exactly what I need, then don't wait. Like we need to act when that, when we feel that emotion. So just go right now and DM Christine and send off the message and get onto the list because action in these moments of inspiration are so powerful and great decisions are made in a moment. They're not made in thinking for, you know, weeks at a time. So thank you so much, Christine. Thanks again. Oh, Rosa, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be with you. I loved spending this time with you. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes, I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.